Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. For the seventh time in the last eight meetings, for the 13th time in the last 15 games, uh, another tradition continuing that will not go on since 2011, whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. The 49ers lose the Seattle Seahawks 2021 at Levi Stadium. It's another lather, rinse, repeat with the way they, they've lost to Seattle last umpteen years. Uh, basically, ever since Jim Harbaugh left, it was a game where they started out strong and they couldn't keep up at the end. We've heard this before. It more and more. It just seems like the 49ers are getting into deeper and deeper trouble and we're getting less and less clarity on this team when we should have been having the opposite by now year five with Tajanan. So as always, Zane Acme here with Al Sacco with the 49ers Webs on No Huddle Podcast. And Al, I mean, I this game the, I, I don't know what to really think of this team. I know they're two and two, and I know that the season's not over yet. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. Trey comes in, he struggled mightily in the first few series. But aside from that one throw to Debo, and he put it together on the two minute drive at the end to make it kind of look pretty and, and really put lipstick on a pig of a game. But where do the Niners go from here? What happens now? What can we make of this team? This was like, I've been talking last week on the show about the train moving in slow motion and is it going to stay on the tracks to go off the tracks? This game was kind of like that. It's slow motion and it was seven nothing and they're moving the ball. But they're letting Seattle hang around, hang around, hang around. And it was all just felt like slow moving. Like, when, when is, when, when is it going to blow up in their face? And it did. And it did. And to me, you could see it coming. They look great moving the ball in the first half. And Kyle tries a 41 yard field goal with his punter. Um, <laughs> obviously, with Robbie Gold being hurt. Jimmy throws a bad interception. He lets Seattle get back into it. And before you know it, the game's over at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. All intents and purposes, it was over at that point. And look, I, I, I didn't want to be right with this, and I still hope that I'm not. I'm saying for a while, there's issues here. There's bizarre stuff happening. They put their faith in, in Jason Verrett, for example, who's always injured to be their number one corner. And look, the corners didn't play bad this week. I'm not blaming them on that, but does Brandon Ayuk stuff, Raheem Mostert's hurt again, just all this stuff that keeps happening, all this bizarre stuff. And to me, I'm finally ready. And I think people should be too. Kyle Shanahan has been the Teflon coach. And look, I'm not saying fire him. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he should be on the hot seat because this year they could end up in the playoffs. He could turn this around. But right now, Shanahan and John Lynch are as deserving of criticism as they have at any point in this tenure. They deserve to be criticized. No one is above criticism, okay? No one, first and foremost. Everybody can be criticized. You can criticize anybody in any space. That's what people like us do. That's what people on ESPN do. That's what people on NFL Network do. Hopefully, they call it like it is. They praise them when they deserve it. They criticize them when they deserve it. And right now, this team deserves to be criticized. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch deserve to be criticized. And John Middlecoff said it on his pod, and, and he was right. He said, you know what? Kyle's, Kyle's just having a shitty year. He really is. The offense has looked clunky at best. There's all this quarterback drama going on. He can't get his number one pick wide receiver going from last year. He's just not having a good year. It's like a pitcher who comes out in his first four or five starts and you're used to him throwing well and 
He's you know he's 0-3 with a 5.65 ERA. Kyle's just not having a really good season so far calling call plays. And and look, Zane, I just think, you know, you I know you've been frustrated with Kyle before and, and it's been with this fan base, like, oh God, how, you can't say anything about Kyle. Why? What, what, why can't you? How, how is he above criticism? He's 31 and 37 as a head coach. You can't criticize that. And we'll get into this more, Zane. It's year five. Mm-hmm. You have to start winning. Enough. Yeah. Enough. To put that in perspective, Al, Steve Mariucci was here for five seasons from, I guess, six, uh, six seasons from 97 to 2002. And all of the winning that he did, and he got fired or losing a playoff game to the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a historic defense, but go figure. And now we're looking at a head coach who has 10 lost seasons in three out of his four years here and is staring down another possibly missed playoff season because, look, they're the worst team in the NFC West. Like, there's no doubt. This is the worst team in the NFC West right now. Mm-hmm. They have a ton of injuries. The defense is... I said a few weeks ago that it's the best defense in the NFC West. I take that back now, and and I would say that they're all bad. <laughs> all the defenses are not good in the NFC West. But you have a team that there's a finite amount of moves that you can make. Like this is like a chess game, right, Al? Like there's a finite amount, a finite amount of moves that you can make before it's like game over. And I think that at least for this season, like I don't see what other move you can make outside of Trey Lance. All right, Trey Lance starts. All right, like what next? Like that's it. That's your last move. Like you can't, like you're not mm-hmm. going to upgrade the cornerbacks. You're not going to upgrade your pass rush in the middle of the season. You, you get Jeff Wilson back, who I think will be a big, a big boost to the running back group. But like, like that's not going to, he's not a bell cow back. He's a, he's a very good role player, but you don't have any difference maker coming, coming back from injury at this point. Like there's nobody there. Like most of not coming back. You don't have Richard Sherman waiting in the wings to play, come play corner for you. Cause he's in Tampa Bay had a fumble recovery by the way, uh, on the Sunday night football and seven tackles and play pretty well over there. And you have a bunch of guys here that are really like, what are they doing here? Like, what's, what's the end goal here? Like, are you trying to punt on this season and, and develop Trey? Are you trying to make a playoff push? Like, what are we doing? And I think that that decision is going to be made internally and that decision will guide what happens next about the quarterback position. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Cause that's very important, obviously. But when we look at the blame and who's to blame for a, a lot of this, like you said, Alec, I, I was, I've been very critical of Kyle and his, and his bad moments, right? And people have killed me for that. And that's fine. I mean, that, that's something that I saw before anybody else did, essentially. Like, because I'm everything that I had said before, Al, like last year and the previous year, is stuff that's coming out now. And it's stuff that was true back then, too. So do I feel like Kyle's the right guy for the job? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Like, he shouldn't be, he should not be fired, right? He should, he should stay here. Let's let's let him see it through. He's developing a quarterback. The worst thing you can do to a, a developing young quarterback is to fire his head coach either in the middle of the season or immediately after the season that he's developing it. So that's not going to happen, right? Like Kyle bought himself some time. But you have to ask yourself, like, has Kyle Shanahan has a coach like really improved in year five? Like from year one to year five, the talent around him has improved immensely. But has mm-hmm. Kyle as a head coach improved at all? Like He's still making a lot of really silly mistakes, like the sending Wisnowski out for a 40 yard field goal when you know that he's never kicked field goals before or sending him out for a 38 yard extra point when you know that he just missed a 40 yard field goal and things like that. Like, I mean, putting Trenton Cannon out there for a kickoff, the, the kickoff after he fumbled and what does he do? 
surprise, surprise, he lets one go over his head that bounces on the goal line because he doesn't want to return the kick. So, I mean, things like this, like the little things cost you games out. And, and that's the difference so many times between winning and losing are little things and little mistakes that you do and discipline and things like that. And the 49ers for the last five years have lost so many silly games. Like I said it last week, they lost that in just the silliest way. And how many times they've lost silly games? Like, like last, this past week was another instance. Yeah, we can say that the offense, should, they left points on the board. It was still a 7-7 game at half. Like they, they weren't blowing you out. And this is your typical Seattle Seahawks game. Like everybody's overlooking the Seahawks. I was like, and I said to you, I was like, do not overlook this team. I don't care what the stats say. This is still Pete Carroll and Seahawks. And this is still Russell Wilson. you got to respect that. And what do they do? The exact thing that they used to do when Harbaugh was here, where it would be a close first half, and then all of a sudden a bunch of crap happens in the second half. The Niners throw up all over themselves and Seattle pulls away. How many times have we seen that movie, Al? How many times have we seen that happen? And when is that going to change? We thought that Kyle was the guy to change that. And yeah, like I still have faith that, yeah, I, he can make something out of his tenure here. But at some point, you have to, you know, crap or get off the pot, basically. Yeah, and I, it goes beyond just being a good play caller and a great offensive mind when you're a head coach. You need to be in charge of everything. He's in, he's in charge of everything. And you look, and this is just, this is, I tweeted this out and I'm like, this is going to be a disaster because you know when you put that, like those people are going to attack you. But it's just facts. If you look at the career winning percentage for the NFC West have had coaches, Sean McVay is at 67-6. Pete Carroll is 605. Kingsbury 481. Shanahan 456. So 68 games in his tenure, they're 31 and 37. And don't tell me Bill Walsh was 31. I understand he was 31 and 37 too. Walsh won the Super Bowl in year three. And that year four, he was three and six in a strike year. That was fluky kind of. That wasn't a real season. The next full year, he was in the NFC Championship and then the Super Bowl the year after that. So I don't, I don't want to hear those comparisons. It's time for Kyle to start winning consistently. And this year, I think a lot of people had People are saying, oh, what about the Super Bowl? We got to keep Jimmy to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know how anyone looked at this team and thought it was a Super Bowl team. I don't. Did I think they were a playoff team? Yes. Did I think they were up there with the Bucks or the Packers or the Rams or I didn't think Seattle? I didn't think they were, I didn't think they were they're quite as good as those teams. And look, they've played two good teams and they've lost to both of them. They, however the game went, they, they lost to both of them. And I just think this year in terms of, you know, where Kyle deserving the criticism, he hasn't been aggressive. I feel like when he's neat, when he's needed to, and you look at this game was a good example of it. And our buddy stats, Rob Guerrero tweeted out, um, he broke this down. So they had fourth and five at the 41, they punted fourth and six at the 46, they punted fourth and two at the 46, they punted fourth and three at the 47, they punted. And this year you're seeing more and more coaches go for it on fourth down, fourth and short at midfield, go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not doing that. He's playing ultra conservative. And I think what you're seeing is the defense is wearing down because they just have to make so many stops in the field so much. This offense can, cannot get it going. In another place where I think Shanahan deserves criticism, the quarterback development. And you could say, whoa, whoa, whoa Al, what's, what's he going to do with Nick Mullins? What's he going to do with CJ Beathard? What's he going to do with Brian Hoyer? Jimmy Garoppolo is not good. Whatever you think of Garoppolo, right? He brought he brought them all in here. He brought them here. Mm-hmm. So so what are, so what are you telling me? He brings the guy in, and then they're not any good. And then oh well, Kyle got the most out of them. It's not his fault. What well, is his fault? Because he's picking the players. Yeah. So it is his fault. The one consistent with these QBs, Zane, turnovers. 
68 games, I believe it's 66 or 67 interceptions, something like that. Not to mention the fumbles lost. So the quarterbacks, we haven't seen them develop. Jimmy didn't get any better. Jimmy got worse. Yeah, he's gotten worse. Yep. Jimmy got worse. So you could say what you want to. Okay, whatever. If whether you're pro Garoppolo, anti Garoppolo, whether you just look at things in reality, whatever it is, Jimmy got worse. Whose fault is that? Is it Jimmy's fault? Maybe. Is it Kyle's fault? Maybe. But they didn't get better. So mm-hmm. now we're going to see Lance. Lance is the final test. Because if Trey Lance doesn't work, if it's two years from now and we're having the same song and dance, now you're talking hot seat. Now you're talking, is there a coaching change? We're, we're, we're not there yet, but Trey Lance has to develop. And when I go out and I say, put on Twitter, wherever I put it, it's time to start criticizing people. And people are like, oh, what? The season's over after four games? No. Look at the body of work. In the body of work in 2019, which looks like the exception, not the rule, the body of work has not been good. The body of work has been at best an average team in an offense that has not taken off in quarterbacks that have not, by any stretch of the imagination, developed. And it's, it's, it's frustrating as hell because this team has had four winning seasons in 15 freaking years. And you know what? I'm tired of being patient. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of sitting back and saying, oh, I'm going to be faithful. They know what they're doing. Well, obviously, they don't know what you're doing if you have four winning seasons in 18 years. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and, and blow smoke from everybody's ass and be like, I, I don't think it's going to be okay. I don't think they're a very good team. I think they're a fringe playoff team, especially with the QB issues now. Who, who knows what's going to happen? I don't know where we're headed. It all depends on the fel- development of Trey Lance, and, and we'll see what happens. I'm not going to sit here and say, I think, oh, it's going to be great. I don't know if it's going to be great. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think you touched on a good point there with talking about the quarterback room and, and how it just never improved. We talked about this last year, too. Like, the quarterback room just never improved. And, yeah, Jimmy has gotten worse here since he got here. Like, remember remember in that five-game stretch? He wasn't perfect, but in that five-game stretch, he looked like, all right, this guy looks like a franchise QB. And it's, it's not an accident that he was able to do that because he did the same right. thing in New England, too. Bill Belichick, Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough for Bill Belichick to win with, okay? Bill wanted to keep him. Josh McDaniels wanted to keep him, okay? That is the pinnacle of this sport. If he was good enough to win with them, he should be good enough to win with Kyle. Okay. And that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that we're, we're talking about like Jimmy year four or five now, right now. Like he's not the same quarterback anymore that he was, right? He's a, he's a shell of his former self, especially after the, the, the uh, ACL and the high ankle sprain and all the, the flirting with other quarterbacks and all the other stuff that's happened here. But Al, Al I've seen Kyle shy away from the, the things that Jimmy doesn't do well. And people would be like, well, Zane, that's how you coach a team. You don't do things. You don't do things that guys don't do well. No, but the point is, is that to get better and to make your players better, when you train them and when you develop them, when, when you practice things, you work on things that you're not good at. You don't just eliminate that. Like, Al, if you're coaching your son and he can't hit a curveball, you don't say, well, son, I just don't want you to ever swing at a curveball. No, you, you throw curveballs right. at him so he can hit him. Like, Jimmy can't throw outside the numbers. He threw he threw outside the numbers fine in New England. He was doing it over there. He struggled with it a little bit over here. And Kyle's like, we're just not going to do that anymore. We're just going to eliminate that from the playbook. That's not how you develop a quarterback. And I'm afraid, and people and you, you, people might be saying, well, Zane, that Jimmy, he sucked. He's not any good. That's fine. But I'm afraid that pattern will carry forward with Trey Lance. If Trey doesn't do something well, I, I really hope that Kyle works with him on it and just doesn't eliminate it. Because that's not how you coach people. That's not how you make them better. You make them better by working on stuff that you're not good at. So that's the, the problem with Jimmy happened in year one. Because think about it, Al. He, got, he, he had year one. He had two starts and, well, three starts and the injury in year two. 
And then in year three, he had the handcuffs on him already. Like right away, he had handcuffs on him. So you're telling me that Kyle Shanahan saw enough through set through seven and a half games to say, you know what? And whatever practice, small practice time he had with him, you know what? This guy's not the guy. I'm going to put the handcuffs on him for an entire year and essentially get him to try to win me the Super Bowl at the end of the year by throwing it every down. Like what? That, that, that like how, that, how do you make that make sense? Jimmy Garoppolo had one full year here to show what he did. And the, and, and the one knock that I agree with every single person on when they bring this up is that he's injured far too often. And that was the case this weekend. He got, he got hurt yet again, but Al, who brought him back? You know, he gets hurt. You know, he's injury prone. You know, he's not going to last the season. Who brought him back? Kyle did. Right. Right. And we, we know that he was flirting with other quarterbacks. We know that. But the, but the, the issue is, is that if you wanted Matt Stafford, you could have got him. You could have thrown a bunch of draft picks at, uh, at Detroit and got him. But you were half in, half out, and the Rams came in to swoop bump. And they went with Jimmy, and, and we all knew that he wouldn't make it through the season one way or the other. We all knew this, right? Either he's benched or he's injured, right? One of those two things would happen. That was inevitable. And surprise, surprise, it happened. And Trey Lance, he was not ready. He's not. He's not ready to take the full load yet. You saw it. So now you're in a situation where you have to have Trey taking meaningful snaps and they're going to have to essentially put the handcuffs on him too because he's not ready. So really like this, this whole idea of having a really good quarterback room on paper, it looked really great. But in reality, and when you put this into practice, it, it doesn't work that way. Things aren't that simple. And the time to let go of Jimmy was the offseason. Either they had a trade. Bill wanted him, right? The Patriots wanted him. They had a trade there. They chose not to take it. Now, what's going to happen? You're going to release Jimmy at the end of the season. He's you're going to pay him two point eight million dollars, and you're not going to get anything back. And you don't have first round draft picks for the next two years because you put him in the trade line. So, Al, like, not only am I really weary about Kyle making sure that Trey works out, you don't have any ammo in the first round for the next two years. You mortgage your future for the next two years with Trey. So he better work with Trey to make him good. And I think Trey will be fine. For the record, I'm a big Trey guy, right? You know that. So I think Trey will be fine. But I hope that Kyle can understand how to develop him properly. You mentioned rotation with the quarterbacks, and I think that's another example of where Kyle Shanahan deserves criticism. They and, and you you have people saying, like, oh, the media doesn't know guys are making it up. He went after Stafford, he looked at Darnold, he looked at Andy freaking Dalton, they mm-hmm. wanted Watson, they make the they make the trade the big trade to move up and get a quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. All off season. Don't tell me the Niners don't leak. Everybody knew this was happening. Okay. And maybe it's not leaking. Maybe it's the other teams letting it out there that they were interested, but it, it was known. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the fan base knew it and everybody's at each other all off season because of it. And then is if it's not awkward enough with, with Lance and Jimmy still on the team, Kyle comes out and says, on what was it on Sean McVay's podcast, I think, about, oh, I, Stafford's the man. I really wanted Stafford. I was so mad when we didn't get him. Stafford's not on your team. Jimmy sure. Garoppolo is still on your team, and you're out there saying that before this season started. Do you ever, this is an honest question, and I just, I can't think of it. Have you ever heard another head coach talking about how bad he wanted another quarterback when that quarterback's not, not on his team? Not when they're coaching. And Al, I, and Al, sorry, right. sorry I, don't so, want, I, don't want to, I don't want to cut you off here, but like, Trey was on the team too. So right. like your rookie quarterback, you're like, hey, I actually didn't want you. You're actually my plan B. Like, this is your 21-year-old rookie quarterback. Man, come on, dude. Yeah, am, I taking, am I taking crazy pills that that's I, – I saw that and I was like, how is this not a bigger story? How is this guy out saying this? 
Do yeah. you think even if Trey could be like, oh, well, whatever, you know, they they tried to trade for him and they went for me, I'm fine with it. What the if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, what the hell are you thinking? Yeah. Give me the whole like, oh, you know, uh, oh, it's kumbaya. Kyle, Kyle told him it doesn't matter. You can't go out. Pub- you go out and publicly say that you're undermining your starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. You just are. So to me, to hit, for him to do that, it's just it, it's just insane, man. And Chris Biederman um, tweeted something today. I really think got to start thinking about things like this. And I thought he made a good point and, and good for him for, again, having the courage to say this because people attack you. He said, I'm not a big did he lose the locker room guy, but I don't think the 49ers offensive struggles are a coincidence given the QB situation Kyle Shannon had entered the season with. This was the risk all along, especially knowing the defense wasn't going to be as good as 2019. Trey Lance not being ready was part of the deal when he was drafted, but not giving him necessary practice time or game experience exasperates that. Then if when Jimmy gets hurt, he did, he always does, you suddenly have a rookie QB in over his his skis. Shanahan's insistence on it not being a QB battle is where I think he took a misstep, should have been, because that would have meant more reps for Lance. And if it doesn't think Lance is if he doesn't think Lance is good enough to make it a QB battle, that's ultimately on the coaches developing it. And that's pretty much just what we were saying too. And it's true. You brought this guy in, flirted with getting rid of Jimmy, and Trey's not ready, right? So now, oh, we'll get both in and see what happens. Trey's not ready. Oh, we love Garoppolo. Garoppolo's our starter. I've said it from day one. Now he's out. Just the way that he handled this whole thing, the things that were made public, again, they deserve criticism for this. To me, it's been a circus-type atmosphere, and it, it's a circus atmosphere because, because they did it to themselves. Everything that's going on right now, Kyle Shanahan did to himself. Like, that's the way I feel about it. If you want to Kirk freaking Cousins that bad, then that you should have stuck to your plan. If you were going to pass on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson because you wanted Kirk freaking Cousins that bad, you should have stuck to your plan because it, it's been a shit show since then. And hopefully, again, I love Lance too. But like I said, this is the test. This is the end ball be all. You make it work with Lance or you're coaching a different team in two or three years. It's yeah. just that simple. It is that simple to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think for the record, I think Trey will be fine. Like he was, he was the best out of any of the rookies in their first action. Like, and it wasn't even close. He was, he was much better than any of the rookies. I think that part of that's because he, he has better, some better weapons. And the other thing is like, yeah, Kyle is a play caller. Yeah. I think he's, he's elite as a play caller, but like there, there's more than that that goes to be a head coach. But when it comes to the way that they've handled everything and, and Al, you brought up the, the 2017 draft and, the the things that were happening around that time i think about it and when you when we kind of are removed farther and farther away from this and jimmy's gone and inevitably off the team we know that this is basically jimmy's last year here right and i think that mm-hmm. for me after jimmy got hurt i'm like that's it after they go to lance i'm like that's it it should just be trey lance the rest of the way unless he gets hurt i don't want to see jimmy start another game that's it you you can't go back now uh and it's the, the rest of the season should be focused on developing trey lance you win as many games as you win with them. You lose as many as, as you lose with them because this is not about the season. It's about the next five, 10 years that you're going to have him. And that, that process needs to start now. But when you look back to that 2017 draft and what was going on during that time, if you think about it, the Niners had Brian Hoyer as their quarterback. That was the plan. Okay. You essentially punted on that season and said, that, okay, hey, fans, we don't care about the season because we want Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a, is a good NFL quarterback, but he's not like elite. Like he's never been elite. Kirk Cousins is a, is a very good NFL quarterback. He's a solid NFL quarterback. The fringe top 10, you can say. But he's never been top five, never top three, never MVP level. 
never, you know, good enough to, to take a game or a season on his shoulders and just take you all the way. And they were holding out hope for that guy. And to me, that's the first knock, right? And, and, I, and I said that back then, and, and I continue that now. And the second thing is, is that, Al, Kirk Cousins was already employed by the, by the, the Washington football team at that time. And <laughs> there was no guarantee that they wouldn't franchise him or trade him to another team or some other team doesn't give a better offer and free agency to them. There was no guarantee that some other team, like, you know, the Rams swooped in and took Stafford. There was no guarantee that they wouldn't do that to Cousins as well. So right. you passed on Patrick Mahomes, who was a generational talent. And John Lynch called you from Texas about that. And he's like, hey, Kyle, I think we should look into this. You passed on that and Deshaun Watson, obviously the legal stuff now, for the thought and the chance of getting Kirk Cousins. And then Jimmy just so happened to fall into your lap you didn't want him anyways in the first place. You should have said no. So again, like Kyle's escaped this criticism for years now. And you, you talked about the coaching record earlier in the show. And I, I, and you yourself had said, you know, a lot of that has to do with not having a starting quarterback. But the thing is, is Al, like he had a chance to get off of that starting quarterback and he didn't. Right. So now mm. the blame like circles right back to Kyle. Like Jimmy was kind of the catch all blame for everything for a while. But now at some point it's like, okay, well, if you know, this guy's ineffective and if you know, he's hurt, then why is he continuing to be on the team? You have to continuously improve your team. And outside of the Trey Lance pick, like what have they done to continuously improve the quarterback position? Just rolling out Jimmy every year. And if he's not working, then you have to look elsewhere. They finally did. And that's the hope that I have that Trey can, can make something out of this. And the, the flashes that you saw in the game, like that can continue. But really, like he's going to be a work in progress. And all of the people saying that they're willing to wait for Trey to take his lumps, man, saying it and actually doing it are two different things because if losses start to mount up, remember that you got to be patient with this guy, right? This is your future. And even if right. the losses mount up this year, this is your future and you have to live with that. So I don't think people realize that when they say that. And even with Jimmy's injury said that he has a chance to play on, on Sunday. Now I don't believe anything Kyle Shanahan says when it comes to injury. So I, I would doubt Grapple is going to play Sunday, no. but he said he has a chance. Um, what, what do you do Zane? Do you think, do you think they should go back to Jimmy if he's healthy or, or, or do you run with Trey? What, what do you think for the rest of the season? You go with Trey. I mean, you, this is so again, I'm not a big proponent of the guy losing a job for injury because of injury. But the thing is, is that at this point, unless Jimmy is like a hundred percent healthy, this shouldn't be like, Oh, I think I can go like, no man, like you should be a hundred percent go because at that point, like when he got hurt, he was hurting the team. He was not making throws through that interception. Like he was not a hundred percent, like it was hurting the team. And it's clear when Jimmy gets hurt, He's not the type of guy that can play hurt and still be able to help the team. They're, they're, and then that's not, that's not any offense to him, but out there's some guys that will just play hurt and just doesn't matter. Their performance will still be the same or something close to the same. And Jimmy's not that guy, right? His injuries affect him in a different way. So because of that, like it's got to be Trey and you got a, probably a rookie left tackle starting, which is scary because that's your blind side. You've got Chandler Jones and JJ Watt. And you've got a Vance Joseph defense that's uber aggressive that you're having to face against Arizona and Kyler Murray, who's just going to run circles around this defense. Like, I, I have no confidence that they'll be able to stop him because he's just been so good. <laughs> I wasn't a big Kyler yeah. Murray guy, right? But he's just been so good this year. It's been a big leap from the previous two years. And he's been very good this year, the best I've ever seen him. And I don't have very much confidence. They already had trouble stopping him in the past. And I don't have much confidence that they can stop him now without corners and the consistent pass rush. One turnover, by the way, one, they have forced one turnover this year. And yeah. And I want, 
Greenlaw picks. I want to get into some of the defense stuff in, in, in a little bit, but before I do, I want, I want to piggyback on what you said too. It's just, I think I would stick with Trey as well. Um, and, and look, I just, they've played two good teams. They've lost two teams. I, I don't think they're a real contender this year. I, I, no. I just, I just don't. So the way I look at it is put Trey in there, let him take his lumps now year and then next year maybe you're 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 ready to he could he could take a big jump i still think they could win games with trey he looked really bad initially and he just maybe he was too amped up he looked like he would he the thought that even the things he saw he was just a little late in pulling the trigger and then he did settle in at the end a little bit better but you know with seattle maybe kind of backing off on defense who knows at that point because you know you want the niners to take forever to score right and run the clock or whatever they're trying to do mm-hmm We'll see, but but I think that there's going to be a different game plan. Obviously, I hope um, when they put him in. But for me, I, I I would I would try to run with with Trey Week. If it's an absolute disaster, I, I guess you could go back to Garoppolo after the bye. But I don't I, I don't see the point. I, I think they can do enough with Lance to to still be competitive. Maybe you still be in that eight, nine, ten win range. I just don't see it anywhere else. They do have some easy games on schedule. You know, they have the Texans, a um, couple other Jaguars. You know, there's some easy games there that I think will be easy wins for them. But, other, you know, they play the Colts after the bye. They're probably a similar team to the Colts right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think they're 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 a super good team. And I think there's a good chance they could end up going two and four in the division or something like that. And if that's where you are, you're probably not going to have a chance, man. So I, I think just go with Trey too, and just see where you, just just see what you can do to develop him this year. Yeah, I think again, it's it's a hard situation, and and again, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's a tough deal if you lose your job to to injury. And I think that Kyle said he has a chance to play this week, and I don't know, I'd say it's fifty fifty. But the only time you'd really see Trey, like at this point, like you can't really go back after you make that switch. The only time you'd really see Trey if he's like really, really struggling and things are just way too fast for him, or if he's hurt, at that point you make the switch back. But I mean, like now at this point, if he's anything, I, I tweeted out during the game, I said that if he's anything remotely serviceable, which he turned out to be at the end, you're probably going to see more of Trey Land. We have to remember that the game plan was geared towards Jimmy Garoppolo and they didn't really have a week of practice to work with Trey and work him in and all this stuff. And the radio headsets were down too, and all this stuff was going on in the game. And Really, like, I thought that this would happen, but I thought it would happen after the bye when Indianapolis came here. Mm-hmm. But it just happened a couple of weeks early. So, yeah, like, it's it sucks. Like, your first start maybe on the road against a team that made the division leaders look like nothing. But, hey, man, this is what people wanted, right? They wanted them to play. They wanted them to play right away. It's funny. I have I have a, a, a funny uh, half-joking back and, back and forth with stats about uh, playing Trey Lance and sitting him and things like that. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun banter back and forth talking about like what should happen and what shouldn't happen. But Al, like if you can't protect yourself and if Trey can't protect himself, like he was running and he was diving head first and all that, that's not going to last, dude. You're not going to last in this league like that. Right. You got to protect yourself. And if he can't do that, he should not be starting. It's very simple. So that's, I, that's to me, like that's the ultimate thing. If you can't protect yourself in the pocket and when you're running around, you, you shouldn't be starting until you can. I, I did some, you know, the conspiracy theory stuff. Was Garoppolo really hurt? Oh, let me tell you what. If Shanahan put Lance into that position on purpose, uh, again, that's to me, that's another thing that maybe you deserve criticism for. If you really were not feeling Jimmy and you think 
you know, we're going to be nine and eight with Jimmy. What's the point? You said do everything you can to get Lance in a comfortable spot. And the comfortable spot would have been to start him after the bye. That would have made the most sense in the world. Let Jimmy play these next two games. If they're two and three or if they're three and two, whatever, and you things are not looking good, you start Lance after the bye. You give him the two weeks of practice, you know, two weeks to get ready. Week of practice as a start. He goes against the Colts instead of putting him in at halftime against the Seahawks. And then, like you said, going to play what team looks like a buzzsaw right now in the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. It's a rough spot to put him in. I think Lance should at this point now. Let's roll with it and see what happens. Man, it just sucks. It, it feels like, well, we didn't feel good, Zane, after week one. Or at least I didn't. Mm-hmm. And then after week two, this team should really be one and three. I mean, if Philly didn't beat themselves, I just didn't feel good. And I, I still feel the same way. I do. I, I hate that I've been so negative. I hate that the season's turned the way that it has for me. But like I said, it just... it. I just seems like a slow motion train wreck has been happening and, and there's nothing that's happened the past two or three weeks that has made me change my mind. Uh, one quick thing before we talk about how, what the outlook is and eventually the defense as well, this whole faking injuries tank for a thing is so stupid. That is so stupid, Al. Like there are a million team doctors on the sideline and the extent to which you have to go to, to actually like fake an injury and actually have people like, believe that you faked an injury is is crazy like anybody who says that guys are faking injuries because they're not playing well or or whatever it is like i mean come on man like this is this is why we're fans in the stands and this is why guys like barrows and mayoko and all these guys have credentials and guys work to cover the team and guys are in the coaching booth and guys that are involved and women that are men and women that are involved with the team are actually involved with the team this is why we're separated like that because they don't think that they don't believe that they don't put that out there. And all the fans that are saying that people are faking injuries and Jimmy faked an injury. What? Well, I don't think it's that Jimmy faked the injury. I think it's that the Niners, Kyle said he was injured when he, when he benched him. I don't think it's Jimmy faking anything. I think it's the thinking that they, he got benched and the Niners just said he was injured. I, I think that's where the conspiracy theory was. Whatever, whatever it may be, right? Like whatever it may be, like whatever ineffective, like he got injured. Like, again, you're lying about an injury, right? Like that is, so absurd like because again because of the reasons that you said why would kyle bring him in now of all times when you that makes sense yeah it didn't make sense it it makes zero sense when you have no time to prep him when you have no time to game plan with him when he has had no time to practice with the ones oh yeah let me just throw him in there in the game what like come on man like people people really need to give their heads a shake if that if they think that's actually true and like it was so absurd after the game, Al. Like, Niners Twitter, oh my God, man. It was on. It was one of the biggest meltdowns I've ever seen. Although I would say that the, the fan base was probably more upset after being 2-0 than after being 2-2, uh. actually. So I will say that. But yeah, it was, it was just, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, like I think that, again, like, I think that Kyle Shanahan has created a lot of this himself. And he's kind of having, this, this is like what, the, the karma that he's had by creating a lot of this stuff is coming back to him now. He could have quelled a lot of this stuff. He could have put a lot of this stuff to bed, put a lot of this stuff away, made a clean break from Jimmy. Like there's a million ways he could have handled this. And he, he chose to do none of that. And this is what happens. So well, I just think, yeah, I just think a lot of the fan base is frustrated. You know, I think you have your percentage of fans that are always going to be, Oh, I love the team no matter what. And everything is roses. I think a large percentage are, are frustrated because again, the last 20 years, other than a couple rants, I mean, it, they kind of, it's so, there's such a weird example because 
I think they have one of the fewest winning seasons the last 20 years of any franchise. There might be like two or three franchises who have less winning seasons. But they they made the Super Bowl a couple times. So it's like, oh, we made the Super Bowl a couple times. But overall, for the last 20 years, they've been a putrid franchise. And I think that fans are just frustrated, man. They just want to see, you know, the best run this team had was the Harbaugh years, right? Mm -hmm. And what happened with the best head coach you've had in 20 years? You ran him out of town. Now, maybe you had to run him out of town. I don't know what was happening behind the scenes, and I'm not going to pretend to. Maybe he was – Harbaugh's kind of crazy. Maybe he was just a nut job, and you had to. But the decisions that happened after that sent this team into a tailspin again. And there, other than 2019, it's just been bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been really bad. Five of the last six years, 10 losses or more. It's like you and the Jaguars. That's who's mm-hmm. done that. Uh, the mm-hmm. Giants may have, too. Four winning seasons in the last 19 years. There's only two or three other teams that are that are that low. People are just frustrated. I think that's it. They just want a little run. Not that you have to be the Patriots or the 80s and 90s Niners. Just make the playoffs four out of five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or three yeah. out of five years. Be decent. I just think that's why I'm frustrated. Yeah, I agree. And, and again, I'm frustrated too, man. Like the Niners have had, and again, we're not seeing Kyle's fire, but this is just a statistic that I came across. The, the, the Niners have hired, the, the York specifically, have hired uh, eight head coaches total after Mariucci. Eight head coaches after Mariucci. Kyle, I believe Kyle's the eighth. And six of them have been, actually, no, Mariucci was included in that. So eight head coaches. Six of them were first-time head coaches. So, I mean, at some point, like, you look at teams like the Steelers or obviously the Patriots or Seattle or, you know, you look at any of these teams that have had coaches for a long, long time. And it's like the Steelers since 1989 have had three coaches. <laughs> like, that's absurd. Right. And even then, like Tomlin, the, the Super Bowl that he won was 10 years ago. I mean, that's crazy to think. I'm oh, sorry, more than 10 years ago. It's 2008. So, and he's still around. So I think that like seeing that level of success and that level of commitment to coaches and stuff, it's like, man, it makes you envious because the Niners are no longer in the lead franchise. I think that we need to come to terms with that. Like we carry around ourselves, like, you know, we're the five time Super Bowl champions. That's awesome. We haven't done any damage in the last 27 years mm-hmm. the, the, for the better part of the last 27 years. And yeah, that's a, that's a really depressing thought. But Al, like, like I said, like I'm saying this because I, I empathize with the people that are frustrated. And that's why we're, we're ever adding each other's throws is because they want success and they want it like now because it's been almost 30 years since the last Super Bowl win. And that's essentially what we were we were all raised on. We were all grew- can you imagine Al when you and I first started watching the 49ers, if they lost in the playoffs, if they lost the championship game, we didn't care that they got that far. We we're like, what a what a total failure of a season. Let's let's right. bench it was, Steve Young. It was a different expectation. Guys, a different expectation. And now there's a lot of Niners fans, you know, especially if you were born in the last 25 years, like you you like they don't know that, right? So that their expectations are different. But like for us, it's like, man, like I, I can trust old timers now. For us, man, like this stuff, like this would never fly. And ever since the Yorks took over, this is basically what we've been given. So right. again, like I-, I feel bad for the people listening to this, man. Like they're, they're listening to a bunch of negativity. Is there, any- is there anything positive we can talk about from the game? Trays, touchdowns, Debo? Debo, he was great. Yeah, just, Debo has been fantastic. And Debo actually has 490 yards receiving, okay? The only Niner who had more through at this point was Jerry Rose in 1995. I think he had 522. Um, Debo's on pace for over 2,000 yards for a 17-game season. The Niners have only had two guys reach 1,000 yards, two wide receivers reach 1,000 yards, Crabtree and Bolden. 
Bolden had the most at 1,179. So we're seeing right now a, a season for Niners receiver like we haven't seen in a while. So it's that's awesome. Debo has come in year three. You know, usually year three is when you see people take that big jump. And he is a, a legit number one. He is one of the best league right now. It's 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 awesome to see. It really, really is. He's my favorite receiver. Like he was always, even when they got Ayuk, and I'll get to Ayuk in a second. Even when they drafted Ayuk, I was like, Debo's still my favorite receiver because he's he's baby bolden, right? Like you can't stop him. Trey's second touchdown. It's funny, everybody talks about air yards. That that air yards had like one air yard on it. Um, but in, on Trey's second touchdown, it was basically just a, a bubble screen to Debo, and he ran through like four defenders to get to the end zone. I mean, that's so impressive. He's so he's so tough, and he's become a really good route runner. He's become somewhat of a deep threat. Like he fights for 50-50 balls. Like he is probably pound for pound one of the toughest wide receivers in the league because he's not a big guy. He's built like a running back. He's pound for pound probably one of the toughest wide receivers in the league. And when you have that on your roster, you got to keep feeding that guy, and you got to keep getting the ball. And again, like there's there's some stuff that's run its course, like all the Debo sweeps and stuff like that. That's I think that stuff has run its course. They tried on on the fourth and two when Trey was in the game, and it just just the worst play call. But he's becoming more than just a gadget guy, which is exactly what we had hoped. And he's becoming like a complete NFL receiver, which is exactly what we had hoped because we felt like, oh, because of the offense and because of Jimmy's limitations, he's a gadget guy. He's going to have to take passes around the line of scrimmage. And he's like, the, the fourth down conversion that he had uh, uh, with Trey in the fourth quarter, like we had to reach back across his body and catch that bullet. I mean, there's not many guys that can catch that. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, a fantastic play. So there are some positives to be taken. I mean, Kittle is doing his thing again. Kittle is solid as ever. And they're having trouble getting the ball, obviously, because they're two, tri- double and triple team. Plus he's hurt. But there are some positives to be taken away. Trey Sermon has his best game as a pro. But I think the overarching thing, like, Al, I feel, I feel for guys in the locker room like, like Debo or Trey Sermon or Trent Williams or Bosa or Warner or some of the other leaders of this team that the quarterback position is the only thing being talked about, like win or lose. And again, like you said, it's a circus and it's, it's around that position. It's kind of hard to believe that the locker room would have a lot of harmony when guys are still doing their job again, like a Debo and all people are talking about is the, what's happening at the quarterback position. So again, sorry, I turned that kind of into a negative, uh, but it's just, <laughs> that's just kind of the mood right now. Right? <laughs> it is the mood right now. And you know, I, I did want to touch on the defense talked about too, that, the Niners are going to probably have to score about points a game to really be winning games, right? Um, and I think the defense has been put in bad positions. I think the defense has had a lot of stands. It could have been a lot worse. But here, here, here is, again, the reality right now, Zane. They've given up 28 points or more in three of the four games this season, okay? Mm-hmm. Put that in perspective. 2019, they gave up 28 points or more three times the whole regular season. In last year, only five times the whole regular season. They're already at three this year. So that's concerning. They're at three, and, and they haven't really played. Well, I guess they played. You could say they played good offenses. I mean, Detroit's not. Philly, eh, we'll see. Green Bay's a good offense. Seattle's a good offense that isn't playing very well right now. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit disjointed, but they'll put up 28-plus. Now you're going to go against the Cardinals teams that's that's scoring a lot of points. You know this could end up a season where the offense has to consistently score in the 20s to low 30s to win games. And I don't, I don't again, I don't know if they could do that. So that's that's been concerning as well. That the defense, even though they've played really well in spots, I think they've been put in positions to where they've been giving up the points and and 
it'd be interesting to see if, if they can, because that D-line is really good. Fred Warner's there, et cetera. It'd be interesting to see if they can turn it around. But like you said, only one turnover the whole season. Yeah. One turnover in four games. They, they got to start turning the ball over to, to put the offense in better position too, right? Change mm-hmm. the momentum of the game. And also to help them get them off the field. So that's been rough. When it's just Greenlaw's pick is the only turnover the season, right? Yeah, that's it. That's the only turnover. No forced fumble. I mean, they forced a couple of fumbles, but they haven't they haven't fallen on them. Yeah. Uh, Josh Norman, he forced a fumble on the plays. He got hurt where he punctured along. It's crazy to think that he's like day to day after a punctured long. But um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, the defense. So Al, the defense, the defensive line had a much better game, and I think that the game against Aaron Rodgers was largely largely because he was getting rid of the ball quickly. Like his, it was about like I believe two point one nine seconds, which is like the fastest by far, the fastest in the league that week. So he was getting the ball out of his hands to neutralize the pass rush, and he took advantage of soft coverage as well. But I think that Mosley played a really good game against DK Metcalf, although Metcalf was hurt, but Mosley locked him up. Metcalf only had four catches for 50-some-odd 50, 50 yards. He did have that one touchdown, which should have been reversed, but whatever. So I, I think that they did a fine job, and they did a good enough job to keep them in it. But again, like, like you said, the offense just needed basically one more scoring drive, and, and they didn't get it. Or you could point to them maybe not uh, that three points where they didn't get with Wisnowski plus the two-point conversion that they missed it, and that makes it a three-point game and then at the end you only get a field goal at the end mm-hmm. uh, by the way w- is Robbie Gold just going to get hurt every game against Seattle like is that just going to be a thing now like I mean second time in three years that he's been hurt in the home game here at Levi's against Seattle again Chase McLaughlin remember that the OT loss nobody would yep. never forget that Gold was served for that game too it's just it's just irritating. He's out three to five weeks again. So yep. with, with the groin strain. So again, it's at this point, like I, I love Robbie gold, but, but you got to move on at this point. Like he, he can't stay healthy and that's a position that needs to be healthy. I think he signed for three more years too, isn't he? Didn't they yeah. lock him up for another two or three they years? Did. And it's like, you just, you can't count on him. I mean, it's like uh, when he's hurt in these big games, it's like, you gotta have that guy there. So anyways, again, going back to the defense, I don't know why they're not, Forcing turnovers, it just seems like Al, like they're not even like really close either. Like you know, sometimes like like that 2019 and even last year the 2020 defense, like they would always be like around the ball. Like when the mm-hmm. receiver catches a pass, there's always like you know two three guys there. When a tip ball goes up in the air, there's always like two niners that have a chance at it. Like they're just not even around the ball. And I don't know if you've you've noticed that either, but like they they're just not as aggressive as they were. And obviously, there's there was a drop off that we would have expected with Robert Sala leaving. But like to make to create turnovers, you, you have to be around the ball. Like I can't think of many plays where they were in position to intercept the pass and they just did like they dropped it or they weren't able to make that play. They're just not even getting close, and that to me is the troubling thing. If you're close, then yeah, the the, the turnovers will come. But like if you're not even close, like that that to me is a larger issue. Yeah, and we'll we'll see how how the defense progresses for the rest of the season with with you know the first time defensive coordinator and things like that. We'll see how it goes. But all right, Zane, do you want to give a game ball to anybody this week? I do. Sure. Uh, damn it, Trey Lance is going to get my game ball. First extended action, two touchdown passes. Started off rough, ended really well in two minute drill, and I hope that Kyle saw that and just like you know what, I may just let him run around a little bit and make plays because his pressure puts his feet put so much pressure on the defense. He did miss a bunch of open guys because every time he would run, somebody would come open and he would either not throw it or it would be late. So the processing speed still needs work. And he wasn't by any means very, like he wasn't very good, but I will say that that position is almost impossible to do well in. 
Justin Fields was terrible in that same position when he came in for an injured Andy Dalton. And Trey Lance, again, in this first extended action, looked better than any other rookie. This is a total homer pick. I know that. That's fine. But he gets my good <laughs> No, but you, you just made a good point, too, because Fields played pretty well this past week. Yeah. So, you know, he looked terrible in his first action, too, like you said. And then he comes out, and he has a good game, and they, the Bears win the game. So let's, you know, let's see what happens forward. I'm going to give my, my game ball to Debo. Yep. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I would want to give it to. No, I'm going to give it to Debo. I'll tell you what, man. Again, just having he has more yards, I think, than Kendrick Bourne had when he led the receivers. And what was it? What had to be 2018? Yeah. Debo's already got more yards than that. And Bourne led all the receiving yards that year. You know, like it's crazy how good he's doing. And um it's it's awesome to see. It's it just finally, finally the Niners having a breakout season for wide receiver. It's like it's been forever that they've had a player lead the league in receiving and, and just be a wide receiver who's who's a stud. So I'm, re- I'm really happy to see that. Moving forward, the pick for next week, I don't see any way that it ends up being one of those division games where they just have the Cardinals number that day. But I don't think they can score with Arizona. Um, I think it's going to be another game where the defense gives up about 30 and the offense just can't quite keep up. I think we're two and three going into the bye and reassessing everything. Um, which again, I, I, I've been saying it for weeks. I, I, I've seen it going this way. So that, that's where I think we're going to be. I think it's going to be another loss. And hopefully people are not ready to jump off a bridge. Maybe they will be. But I, I think that's where we are. And I think the rest of the season becomes about sort of moving forward for the next five years and getting Trey Lance ready to play. Uh, I agree with you. And I mean, the season's by no means over with the loss, but I, I, Arizona is just so much better than them right now. And they're not a perfect team, but the Niners are making too many silly mistakes and they're too injured. Again, it's the same thing ever since Kyle Shannon has been here. I don't know what it is, but they've been injured uh, significantly. Every game, it seems like two or three prominent players are going down. And then you have guys like, like Trenton Cannon returning kicks. who had a good re- kick return against green Bay, but he was just in his head. Like, you know, jumping on the ball at the four yard line and then barrel roll, like rolling into the end zone for some reason. Like, I mean, come on, this is special teams one-on-one. If you're the first guy down there, if the ball's rolling around and bouncing around, put it back in the field of play and the second guy will down it. Like, come on. Every anybody who's played football mm-hmm. knows this. Second thing, returning kickoffs. He had he was standing on the five yard line. Okay. And if the ball's over your head, it's still probably in play. If the the the, the place to stand, honestly, he don't want to return that kickoff after the fumble. Where you want to stand, again, special teams 101, stand on the goal line. So then if it's over your head, you know it's in the end zone. He was standing at the seven-yard line. Of course it's going to be over your head and in play because you have seven yards to play with. Right. Just the, the, the dumbest things. And then muffing a kickoff and trying to get up and run again. Look, Trenton Cannon did not lose them the game, right? Like, I don't want to pick on him. But just these silly mistakes that they're making. Like, that, a, a playoff team doesn't make these mistakes. A division-winning team doesn't make these mistakes. Like, Al, when you, when you looked at what you saw, on the weekend or over the last two weeks or over the last four weeks for that matter, the cumulative sort of uh, uh, what, the accumulation of, of the body of work here. Does this look like a winning team to you? Like a team that ends up with a winning record? No, no. Right. No. Like they they look like a 500 team to me at most. Right. right they haven't looked that way since the first half of the Detroit game. You're exactly right. They look like a 500 team. They look yeah. like they'll beat the Jacksonvilles and the Texans of the world. Maybe they'll steal a couple division games, but they look like a nine and eight ish team right now. Yep. 
Yep, and they're not a playoff team. They don't look like one. Maybe they can get some resurgence and catch lightning in the model of trade. Everybody, I, I can see the comparisons now with Kaepernick, and it's not not remotely the same. That that defense was all time great. Like right, you right, had right, right. all pros all over the place on that defense, and all time 49er greats all all over the place on that defense. So yeah, it's not, not, even not, not the same. So and you know, yeah. but you know, Fred, Fred, I think it was Fred Warner who said it today or the other day. He said, you know. It takes more than great players. Something along the lines, it takes more than great players. It takes more than talent to win games, I think is what he said. Yeah. Um, lines, if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. But it was something along the lines of, you know, it's you got a bunch of talented players. Okay. It takes more than that to win games. You know, and I think what he meant was, you know, you have to play as a team and, and it, the things that do the small things well, things the Niners aren't really doing right now. And like you said, it's the same movie over and over and over again. Other than 2019, 2017, 2018, 2009, 2020, and now 2021. Some of the players have changed different jersey numbers, things like that, but it's it's pretty much been the same result other than 2019. Yeah. It's just the facts, people. I'm sorry. Six it's, wins, four wins, six wins, and now you're two. So. Uh, well, <laughs> we had so many of these shows, Al. It's funny because the year that you were gone, 11 stats and I, we had a, we had a blast, by the way, because they were winning and it went to Super Bowl. It was awesome. But Maybe it's me. <laughs> no, Maybe it's me. You. It's definitely not you. No, you can't leave again. No, you, you're not allowed to leave. No, absolutely not. I'm not going to let you leave this time. You're, what if I leave, though, and then they have another good season? Well, you know? I mean, then I, I don't know what, but, <laughs> Maybe. but uh, just, just want to give everybody a heads up. Uh, I will not be on next week's show. I'll be traveling uh, to the great city, the, the city that never sleeps, the Big Apple for the first time. I will be traveling to New York. And uh, you're neck of the woods, Al. So uh, hit me up yeah. with any recommendations on on food and stuff and things to do. Well, I'm like three hours away from New York, so in the city. Um, so yeah. Oh man, if you if I well, there's no way I was gonna say we should meet up, man, or something. But that would be awesome. But I mean, I don't know. I how, know. We don't have a vehicle. I don't know how you could how you'd be able to yeah. get down there. What are you going to New York for? Um, my wife surprised me with the trip uh, for my birthday. My birthday's next week. So oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to go and I've never been to NYC. So we're staying in Manhattan and, uh, you know, just right in the thick of it and the belly of the beast. And it's going to be awesome taking our daughter with us. It's her first time, obviously, in New York, too. So it's going to be fun. Look, really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, it smells like garbage. It smells <laughs> like garbage. Have, have you smelled San Francisco like on a summer day or on a fall <laughs> no, day? No, I've never it, been. When the poop has a chance like to, to kind of ferment in the air? <laughs> Yeah, there's no like New York. New York City has a, a distinct garbage smell. You'll notice it as soon as you get there. You'll be like, "Yeah, that's that's garbage." My brother <laughs> lives in Queens, and like, there's just tons and tons of just you just walk down the street, and there's just garbage bags piled on top of it. I guess that's how they take the garbage out there. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, it's a it's a fun city. It's a dirty city. Have fun, man. You know, looking forward to it, and You're also a hey. time, I'm sure. I'm I'm gonna visit Yankee Stadium, visit your boys. I'm I'm not gonna catch a game because I will I refuse to go to the Yankees game, but I will uh, go there, grab grab a souvenir from their gift shop, and I will be visiting the Mecca as well and making sure that I t- snap picture pictures outside of there. because uh, you know Jordan dropped that double nickel on the Knicks, right? And uh, oh, yeah. You know, that, yeah, yep, when he came back. Yeah. And it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. I, I I'm really looking forward to it. Like it's it's honestly speaking, like Days like yesterday are really tough for a 49ers fan because we all want the team to win and we all want the team to do well. And everybody has their own ideas on how that can happen. But at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We want, like, there's nobody, 
there's no 49ers fan out there that actually actively wants them to lose. Otherwise, they're not. Maybe maybe Grant, because then he can create content based off of it. But I don't think he's 49ers. I don't think he's a fan, though. It's just like but I, think he's, I think Grant has pulled himself back away from his fandom now at this point. But again, like it works for him, right? Because he gets to create content. But um, Also, Grant, come on our show, too, man. It's been a while since we had Grant on our show. Yeah, we have Grant back on. Grant's, I think yeah. Grant's fun. I think he's funny as hell, too. So It's I'm funny, because like, if, if, if you hear him off the air, he's like actually like the coolest dude. Like that's He's a nice guy. That. He's, he's, he's a actually nice a really guy. nice yeah. dude. People don't know that because they see that the, the, when he puts the, the black hat on and he's like, you know, social media grant, like content creator, but like when he, like talking to like person to person, like privately, he's actually a really cool dude. So yeah, yeah, on. yeah so, I think, look, he, he's yeah. entertaining. And again, I think he's, I think he's hilarious. So like, yeah, we will definitely, um, we'll reach out to him and see if he's, he, he's available at any point soon. For sure. Yankees, Red so, Sox cool. coming out, man. Yeah. That team, the, the love hate relationship I had with the Yankees this year, uh, I just feel like they're going to lose this game. The way this season's gone, they're going to lose this game. Maybe they'll pull this game out and then get swept by the Rays, but it's been a weird season with them. I think they need changes, too. Um, Aaron Boone drives me crazy. Brian Cashman drives me crazy. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Well, it's always fun. The playoff in. baseball's fun. It is. I'm all in on the Giants. I, I, yeah, I, they won, what, they won 108 games this year or something like that? 107. Franchise record, 107 games. Wow, the Dodgers a won a franchise record 106 and ended up in the wild, wild card game because they literally matched records the last two months of the season. Really fun, really fun season to be, be a Giants fan. I've basically given up on the A's, man. I just, I can't, I can't. With how do, how do, I look at the Giants, like on paper, they don't look good at all. Like at situational, all. Situational baseball. They're, they're so good at situational baseball. And they, it's a they bunch have of solid all, players, right? Just exactly. Just a bunch of solid players. They don't have a lot of superstars and it's a very deep team and they get, they get good pitching and they, it's basically like closer by committee and the, the new kid throwing one-on-one out of the bullpen. Like he's been fantastic, but they have been essentially what the A's have been trying to do, but like with like money. <laughs> so right, they, right. they have built a team that is actually like playoff ready. And again, it's one of those things where call it, you know, like resiliency, call it luck, call it whatever you want, but like you don't get lucky 107 times in the season. So right. I'm really excited to see how they do. And they have those, they have winning, like Buster Posey's player. Brandon Crawford's a winning player. They do have guys yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, is Longoria still healthy for them? Is he still playing for them? Yeah, Longoria's still there. Um, He's and, another, you know, good, a good winning player. Yeah, and, and they've got they've got a solid core there. Like they've got a lot of you know veteran knowledge there, and, and a career renaissance for a renaissance season for for Buster Posey and and Brandon Crawford had an MVP type season. So I think that it's kind of all coming together for them at the right time. And that's that's the most dangerous type of team where it's like all right, like a team that just gets hot for like a season and just kind of like takes it like the Nationals. Although the Nationals were kind of close, but they couldn't they couldn't put it together. Right, like it's kind of like that. And to me, I think we can just, you know, I know you're a, you're a Yankees fan and I don't like the Yankees, but can we just unite on our hatred of Astros and let's just hope that they're out? And yeah, so that they're done. I'm all for that. I'm yeah. all for that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Baseball, though, once the Yankees are done, I, I won't watch another pitch. Look, football, I watch every snap of every game. When the Yankees yeah. are out of it, I never, I never watch teams ever. Kind of, baseball's kind of boring to me, I guess, if the Yankees aren't into it. It's weird. Like, I love the Yankees, but baseball is probably like my third or fourth, maybe, favorite sport. Really? Yeah, I just I love more golf. Yeah, I, I so if I so obviously football is like king for me. Like I like this, I love the sport of basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan. I just don't love the NBA anymore. But like playing basketball, college basketball, like I'm all about. Like I would play basketball over baseball a million out of a million times, a million out of a million times. 
I probably like, you know, I like playing golf more than baseball. Baseball, it's weird. I just like, I just, I love the Yankees. I don't know what it is. I love them. But any other team, like I'm not watching Sunday night baseball. You know, I'm not gonna sit down and do that. I've ever missed Sunday night football game. You know what I mean? So it's kind of how it is with that. It's weird. I don't know. I've always been that way. I've always loved the Yankees, but not so much the sport. Yeah, that makes weird. sense. I'm, I'm kind of like that I, I, to some extent. I used to be like that with, with the A's and now just like, cause you know, playing baseball and like you do it, like it's your life every day. And like, you got to a point, even when I was playing in college, it was like, it became like work. And I think that's when, that's when I knew I had to step away after I got hurt and it started becoming like work after that to even get rehab, to get back to the point where I can play again. Like, man, it's just not, it's just not fun anymore. And I know a lot of athletes go through that where it's like that tipping point where, what, what do you do? So, I mean, for, for a middle part portion there, like I just was not into baseball that much anymore because I was yeah. too close to the game. But now it's like, now that I've had several years to step away, like 10, 12 years to step away, you know, from my playing days, it's like, all right, cool. I can start appreciating it again, again for what it is. But golf is my thing, man. I played, played a nine to a quick nine today before the podcast. Felt good. Going to play 18 on Wednesday. I got, I'm on PTO now. I'm on vacation. I'm going to enjoy this. That's awesome, man. If you suck at things like I do, you don't have to worry about getting close, too close to it. Then, you know, <laughs> hey man, you're, you're a great podcast. Don't worry about it. You're a great, you're a great podcast guy. <laughs> Not a good baseball player. Good, <laughs> good podcast. I was okay. At, I was an okay football, but like okay. I mean, I wasn't like good. I was okay. Terrible golfer. Yeah, I don't have a lot going on for me, man. That's not that's a okay, lot. man. You're super jacked, though, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. I got that going for me. Hey, did you I'm did also, you see the Ryder Cup r- real quickly before I go? Did you see Did you see the Ryder Cup and that domination? I did, I watched, I was in and out of it. I, we had stuff going on. I couldn't I couldn't watch a lot of it. Um, I was in and out, but I did. I usually have been watching a ton of golf this year. I love it. It's the most fun I've had watching a Ryder Cup since literally probably 1999. It was so much fun. The team was so exciting. So many young guys. Like it's funny because Dustin Johnson. We were like, oh, this is the young young up and coming guy. Like he's 37 years old now. He was the oldest Ryder Cup participant on the on the U.S. side, the oldest player. And you have a bunch of young yeah. guys like. You know, like Xander Shoffley and Colin Morikawa went to Cal. Like, you know, all these guys, like, as much as I don't like him, Brooks Kepka was super solid. Bryson DeChambeau, like, stole the show with his charisma and all that stuff. Like, it was just a really charismatic, fun team. Like, JT and Spieth were, were there as well. Just a really fun team to watch. And, you know, the way that they dominated, it was just, like, I've never seen that before. Like, they won with the largest margin ever. So... Super excited for golf. Super excited for like golf in this country. It's super fun. And yeah, there's I'm no. Hope- there, I would say there's no Tiger right now, but there's just a lot of like good players, a lot of fun guys to watch. I feel like yeah, not and superstar, been, but yeah, we've been waiting for this for a long time, right? And for those those of us who play and watch golf, it's like all right, who's going to take the torch from Tiger? I don't think it's one guy. I think it's a group yeah. of guys, right? So and I think it's this group. So, anyways, I'm really excited about golf. I'm excited about Trey Lance. I'm going to be wearing my Niners 49ers. 94 red Trey Lance throwback jersey this weekend for the first time. So hopefully he gives me a win in that. I hope so. All right, guys. It's got to get better. It can only get better from here. Hopefully it will. We'll see. For Zane, this is Al. See ya.